welcome back to another episode of Clear the Air, or as some people call it, the special sauce that makes your favorite entertainment information podcast a little bit more enjoyable to listen to. If you're new here, that's right, I'm Tim, the host, and with me is James and Nick. Now, you know them as the hosts of Simply Stogie's podcast. I bring them back to the microphone where we discuss the latest episode of their show, we talk about people behind their back in front of everybody. It's a great recipe. It really works. I'm going to start with the co-host, Nick, the guy who knows more people in the cigar industry than I than, than I have even been smoking cigars. Nick, how you doing? What are you smoking? Welcome to Simply Stogie's After Show. Uh, how you doing, Tim? I'm doing well. I thought this was the secret sauce, not the special sauce. Are we changing the... Uh... No, no, you're right. It's the secret sauce. James said before we even started, this is going out as is. So we have to make as many mistakes as we possibly can. All right. Did I make a few in this uh, intro? No, you did it perfect. <laughs> like you always do, Nick. You're yeah, always perfect. Yeah, okay. Stop. Stop being such a kiss-ass, Tim, please. <laughs> um, glad to be here again. Let's do this. All right. Sounds good. We'll jump over to James, that one asshole that seems to make every single one of my cigars not as great as I think they should be. James, how are you doing? What are you smoking? What the fuck are you wearing? Just, I want to know. Before we, <laughs> before we go any further, like, number one, it's infotainment, not fucking whatever the hell you said. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I said either. I don't either. Number one, number two, secret sauce. Like, Nick corrected you on that. Thank you. Yeah, Nick. yeah. Um, uh, and number three, oh, like, what the fuck are you wearing? I'm just asking out of curious, yeah. morbid fucking curiosity because uh, I can't really look at my... I'm looking directly at the camera right now because I can't look at my screen because, honestly, um, it it upsets me a little bit. Like, I am irrationally angry over what you're wearing. Well, this episode comes out on the 22nd, which is the only episode of Clear the Air before Halloween. So I thought to myself, why not... Have a little bit of fun with it because the next episode will be in November. Sorry that you did not get the memo. Probably didn't send it out, but at least, at least I'm wearing the Simply Stogie shirt. So just so, uh, so everyone knows, like I'm going to tell you how the fucking sauce is made. Apparently, the, the, the <laughs> secret sauce. And today is the 21st. Due to scheduling conflicts uh, and personal issues, not uh, from myself or or Nick. Uh, we we have to record <laughs> on the 21st. And so the 21st, it comes out on the 22nd. So yours truly is editing this. And I honestly hope that that Tim just, uh, I hope he pronounces the CAO Potomac, the Potomac tonight. I hope that's the this Potomac. whole show, the Potomac. Uh, and I'll leave it in because I don't care. I'm not, I'm not spending more than 10 minutes editing. Well, okay. <laughs> Let me correct you. Let me correct you. First off, you're probably going to do minimal editing because oh, you're just going to do, you're going to make me look like absolute shit. The, the uh, jacket but, does that for me, Tim. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Time out. Yeah. What about the skulls behind you? I mean, I get it. Halloween, but are you secretly into like uh, Santa Maria or whatever the hell they call that shit? What is with the skulls? Uh, so <laughs> Halloween's coming yeah. up. My wife did some decorating. These are supposed to go outside in the front of the house. They were sitting in the garage. I put the jacket on uh, and these were just sitting there. So I'm like, yeah, they're going in the background. Screw it. Okay. I kind of feel like, okay. Tim, you look like um, like the worst game show host for a, like a Halloween <laughs> Japanese game show. 
Like this is like that's this what this is. This is what it's. Uh, this is a terrible I'm, Japanese game show. You know, I'm actually uh, upset that you haven't even mentioned my really horrible attempt at growing a little broom here. Oh, I can't even like, see it. The, like, yeah, I can't, can't see, see it. it on small. Oh, yeah. Oh, dang. Like, look, yeah. man. What Give you, it a couple more weeks. What 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 you <laughs> what you like attempt to grow on your face grows wild on my ass. So. <laughs> This is what I have to put up with. That's what my dad always used to tell me when I was a teenager and I was trying to grow like a, a, a beard or a mustache. He'd look at me and go, it grows on your face, grows wild on my ass, boy. Well, all right, thanks, Dad. Oh, oh, yeah, mean. that's that's really good knowledge that I'll use to grow throughout the rest of my life. Yeah, you thanks, should. Dad. Appreciate yeah, right, it. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. You could use that for your kid, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Nick. Appreciate you showing up. Uh, I, by by the way, I'm smoking a uh, uh, La Aurora uh, Horda. Uh, you know what? Horse de age is how Tim would pronounce it. So that's how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> horse de age. Is that what you're smoking? No balls. The horse de age. Um, so you guys can figure out what it is from there. That's Tim's pronunciation. Oh, and I'm smoking the Don Carlos by Arturo Fuente. So I almost, because obviously this is the clear the air for uh, the episode with Jose Blanco, which was a great episode, by the way. I'm sure we'll get into it. I'm sure game show host Tim will come around to eventually talking about it. Uh, I almost smoked an Arturo Fuente. Like, I, I almost busted open. I've got several um, of those coffins from the uh, Toast Across America uh, that they do every year. Uh, it's got an Opus and a J.C. Newman, a, a Julius Caesar in it. Uh, and I, I, I decided not to instead. I don't know why. I didn't smoke an Arturo Fuente. It's not like I don't have any in there. I just decided not to. So okay, yeah. If people are decision. at home, yeah, like yeah, while well, everybody else just fell asleep because nobody yeah. cares. Nobody cares. No, I get it. What are you? What are you smoking, <laughs> Tim? Uh, this is the uh, how do I say it? The uh, plus the correct way, maybe the uh, Alma Fuerte. Oh, Alma Fuerte! Hey, good job, way to go, Tim! Oh, I'm I've been that. working on it. Wow. Well, I practiced for about fifteen minutes before in front we of the got mirror? on the. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have that before stupid jacket? I turned ja- my camera on. Before, before you put the jacket on? Because I'm sure I, if you were standing in front of the mirror with that jacket on, you would have been like, oh, yeah, no, this is coming off. <laughs> no, actually. So the first part to that is 100% true. The second part was like, oh, this is happening. Oh, this is God. actually happening. So I'm oh, glad like you, that you enjoy it. Look, if you're listening to this podcast instead of watching it on YouTube <laughs> or Rumble, like, congratulations. You made a very, very wise decision. <laughs> very wise. All right. Whatever. Like, we know that you're going to come on to clear the air and give me shit. Because yes. when I listened to this episode, I chuckled a little bit about how meant, how much you actually acknowledged my existence and how I'm the secret sauce. Which, whatever. That's not a me thing. Uh, we just have a <laughs> lot of fun with it. But we're Is the this- special sauce, as I say. Is this is this is this what you took from that episode? Is that I mean seriously? Is that what you took from the Jose Blanco episode? Is oh my god! Like James is acknowledging me because now I feel like it's my job to not acknowledge you for like a year. I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> oh no! Shit. You know one of the things because uh, I mean you did talk a little bit about retro hail and I wrote it down because I was like okay we can we can continue to talk about this a little bit but then I realized. I feel like we have beaten this over the head for the past few episodes. So oh, is I there disagree. anything? I disagree. Really? I think retrohaling 
is such an important part of enjoying a cigar that for people that don't do it or haven't ventured to try it, anytime they try it, it's going to change their smoking life. It really does change cigar smoking as we know it for anybody. So there are people that do not retrohale and I encourage them to, you know, dip the toe into the water if, if, if you have to at first, but eventually when you get into it, it really will make you appreciate your cigars past, present and future much more than you ever have before. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that there are so many people that choose not to? Is it, It's not a choice. Yeah. It's either they don't know about it. They've tried it and had a bad experience. Didn't know how to do it right because it can be overwhelming at first when you, you know, it's again, a very unnatural thing, which is to take smoke and shoot it through the, through your nose. It's not normal. But then again, either is taking smoke into your lungs, which is what cigarette smoking is all about. And people do that all the time, but this is a little difficult, more difficult, I'd say, because, you know, into your lungs, all you got to do is do what comes naturally and inhale. And if there's smoke there, it's going to go into your lungs. But if you're going to take smoke and shoot it from your mouth through your nasal cavity, that's not a common thing. So, and especially if you've never had any smoke in your nose and sometimes it, it kind of freaks you out. It's it's like the first time you had water in your nose when you went underwater as a kid. You didn't like that feeling because, you know, water in your nose is not a good thing. Well, I don't think smoke is a very natural thing to have in your nose. But once you embrace it and understand it and can tolerate it and then in, and really enjoy it, you pick up so much more out of a cigar than you would from just your five senses. You know, the, the typical senses that are in your tongue, you know, the sweet, sour, you know, savory and all that, you know, bitter that's all you're going to get. So people that don't retrohale, I don't think, again, we're beating a dead horse. I don't believe so. I think it's something our job as infotainment people here is to pretty much try to educate people to enjoy this hobby of ours uh, known as cigar smoking. And the way to enjoy it more is by retrohaling it for sure. Yeah. And I want everyone uh, at home to pay attention. I'm not the one saying that. Tim's not the one saying that. The, ma- the master blender here is saying that. And what, what you should take away from this, and I, this is probably beating a dead horse because I think I've said this every time uh, this topic has come up. When you retrohale, you are tasting the, the cigar, the tobacco, the way the blender intended for you to taste it. Now, that, I'm not saying that by not being able to retrohale, you're taking away from your experience. But I'm also saying that if you're not able to retrohale, you're taking away from your experience. It is yes. it is a skill that you should learn. It is a skill that you should practice. And it's a skill you'll only get better at if you continue to do it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you can't enjoy a cigar without retrohaling. Others, most people oh, I do. I, I tend to not. I know people that retrohale every single, you know, puff that they take. Uh I tend to not do it because I like to compare it with and without all the time. Uh, I probably do it once every five, 10, 10 draws. Um, when I'm blending, it's almost every time because, you know, you're really trying to focus on the nuances, which you can only pick up with a retro hail. Uh, but the rest of it, you know, you can get with the tongue and, and with the mouth and everything. But retro is definitely something you should do. And I know, I don't know, you know, Jose Blanco, the professor, I'm sure he teaches the same thing. 
Well, and you've said, you just said it again, that it's it varies depending on what you're doing because you wear multiple hats. So if you're wearing hat A, you're going to retro hell uh, like this, hat B like that. But then James also says that he almost, almost every time he, in, he, he retro hails on almost every puff. I'm probably about a 50%, so about 50% of the cigar I smoke, I'm retro hailing. And... I've learned through these last few episodes that I need to pay more attention to when I'm doing that and look for those notes, those flavors, those nuances, because before I was just doing a retro hail because I knew how to do it and I just did it. It sounds weird. Just did it for the sake of doing it. You didn't pick anything else out of it? Like, well, nothing. I wasn't paying attention. And James, you said this during uh, the, the interview is, you know, some people are going to enjoy a cigar and they're going to smoke a cigar a certain way when they're around company. They're enjoying that companionship compared to when they're just sitting there by themselves, listening to music, watching TV, whatever they're doing. And I found that really interesting. Well, I mean, so I, if I remember right, and this interview was, we, we did it, what, a month ago, Nick? Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Um, yeah, time travel is hard. It is hard. Um, memories even harder, especially as you get older. But if I remember correctly, <clears throat> that was, um, we were talking about uh, reviewers and reviews and tasting for reviews. And um, you have to, if you're going to review a cigar, you have to smoke it doing absolutely nothing else. No TV, like no TV, no radio. I mean, some people can do that. I, I would just rather sit with my thoughts and really focus on the cigar. But like, if you're not focusing on the cigar and you really like the cigar and you're around a bunch of people, like this is typically a, a social sport, right? Like that's, that's what sure. cigar smoking is a social thing. Uh, so if you're around other people and you're having a good time, like Tim, you've had to have had the experience where you're smoking whatever. Like I don't want to say any names, um, but you're smoking whatever, and you're like, man, this is a really good cigar. Like I really like this. Like I really like this was such a great experience. And so a week later, you reach for that same cigar that you had during that experience where you're sitting around with all your friends and you had such a great time, and you smoke, and you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? This thing's a shit stick, right? Everybody, well, sure, or at least I'm looking at it like, wait a second. Why am I not enjoying this as much as I enjoyed it the last time I smoked it? Right. Part of that is, is because in your mind, you were having such a great time with your friends. You weren't focusing on the cigar, uh, but you associate that cigar with the feelings that you had when you're there. But then when you're with your thoughts and you're just alone and it's quiet or you're, you know, focusing more on the cigar than other things around you, you're like, oh. Yeah, this isn't as good as I thought it was. I, everybody has had that experience at least once, um, you know, and as a reviewer, as somebody who does a review, you can go to simplystokies.com and check out my latest review of the uh, private label program. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 what do they, it's the Davidoff. It's a something by Davidoff, a Selection de Fabrica by Davidoff, uh, which is, uh, I think only available at Oxford Cigar Company. Um, because I can't find it anywhere else, but it's part of their uh, Davidoff's private label program. Um, you can check that review out there, but when I do the reviews, they are, that's all I focus on. And I'll smoke at least three, sometimes four, sometimes five, uh, just to really kind of get the, 
the the essence of the cigar and make sure that I'm focusing on it. Cause I think without focusing on it, um, I don't think you can sit down after, you know, sitting around with two or three glasses of bourbon or scotch and, you know, two or three hours with friends and go, man, this is such a great cigar. I don't think, I don't think you can do that. But if you sit down and you just have that cigar and you have water or you have some sort of palate cleanser, uh, whether it's sparkling water or whatever, uh, and, and you really focus on that cigar, then you'll know whether or not you like it. Now, look, there are some cigars that demand attention in my humble opinion. Um, Opus X is something that demands attention. Um, not only because of the price point, but because it is so smooth of a, of a, of a smoke and it's, you get those, that, that raisin and that kind of creaminess and, and, uh, the baking spices and it's not overpowering. It's something that typically, you know, it's not something you smoke on a daily basis. So it demands your attention. Um, you know, but like the, the McAuliffe black, when I reviewed that, that demanded my attention while I reviewed it. Now I can smoke and it's an everyday smoke for sub $10. It's an everyday smoke. And I don't have to demand, it doesn't demand my attention. I can enjoy it while I'm watching TV, playing a video game, talking to you, talking to whoever at a lounge, like whatever. It, it does not demand my attention, but, but there are some cigars I think that do demand uh, the attention of the smoker. I could see that. And that would also make sense why when you do a cigar review, you're smoking more than just one cigar. You, you're, you've famously said, we will not do a review if you've only smoked one cigar. Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. I, I don't understand how anybody can review anything um, off of one viewing of a movie, off of one run through of an album, off of one reading of an article or one reading of a book or one like to really understand, like, look, to really understand something, you have to study it, right? You have to become a student of that thing that you're trying to understand. And so when it's a cigar, it's like anything else. You watch a movie once and you like it. You watch it a second time. You pick up things you didn't see the first time, right? Uh, you watch it a third time. You're picking up even more nuance and Easter eggs and whatever else that the director and the actors have thrown in there. Uh, the, the same is uh, true of a cigar. The first time you smoke it, you're going to get a very good idea of what it is. The second time you're going to pick up some nuances because you, you know what you're expecting, right? You know what to expect. You know what's coming or what should be coming. And as long as it's not out of bounds, it's not too far away from what you experienced that, on that first cigar. Now you're picking up those nuances, right? But if it's too far away, now you got to smoke a third one. And you smoke a third one, you really get to know like, okay, like which one was off? Like which one, which one's going to taste the right way. And sometimes you got to smoke a fourth one and a fifth one to kind of get there. Cause it just, you just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing taste. Cause it is, you know, as we talked about with blood, it's all experiential. So. Would you agree, Nick? Yes. A hundred percent. The more you pay attention, I think the movie analogy was actually very good because I'm not a big fan of watching movies over and over, but a good movie that you tend to watch a few times, you always pick up more stuff. There's just, there's just things you're going to miss. And the same thing with a cigar. Uh, if you're really trying to review a cigar and you really want to give it the justice it deserves, 
it needs all your attention and you're going to pick up stuff the second time you'll pick up more stuff um so yeah one shot is uh you you know after smoking a cigar one time whether you're going to like it or not like it but if you're going to really review it you need to have multiple cigars and in fairness to the manufacturer you know sometimes one may not be quite the same as the other so you get two or three and then you go okay yeah they're they're you know this is what this cigar is all about yeah it's a it's an aggregate right it's an aggregate nick you have to kind of take everything because it is a handmade product is it is a it is a uh art artisanal um thing so they're not each one's going to be a little bit different like there's a recipe just like there is in the in 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 the kitchen but not every like every night you know every day it's a little bit different you know, are they really measuring it out? No, because they're in a kitchen and they're trying to get shit out as quick as they can. So they they know what a quarter teaspoon of salt looks like and they know what that feels like, but it's not an exact measurement. They're just picking up the salt and throwing it in, right? Because they're just trying to get it quick. Same same type of deal here in my head is kind of what <clears throat> what that's like is. So you get, you kind of take all three experiences, smoking experiences or all four or all five or however many you're doing. Usually with me, it's a minimum of three. And you put that all together and you pick out the the tasting notes that are the most prominent in each third um, for each cigar. And, and then you're just kind of compiling that score. So, yeah, no, I, that that's really all I have to say about that. I like I like analogies. I really do. And we're going to talk about the chicken cook here in a little bit. Um, but when it comes to movies. I kind of want to sit there and say, yeah, you're absolutely right. You watch a movie, you like it, you watch it again, you pick up a little bit more. But then at the same time, if you watch that movie too many times, you eventually get to the point where you're like, meh, yeah, I don't like, even want to watch it. Familiarity breeds contempt. Uh, 100%. That is a, that is a thing. Um, but I think with three, you're safe. With four, you're sure. safe. With five, you're safe. Like you smoke a whole box in a week, like yeah, you probably you're gonna get tired of that, uh, and that's gonna negatively impact it. But I think I think for for the sake of reviews, when you're keeping it between three and five, you're probably fine. So let's here's one of the things that I really liked when we started to get into the meat and the potatoes of the episode. You actually asked a question about. Uh, and I, I believe this is kind of the way that our reviews are done and a majority of them is the thirds, the first third, second, third, third, third. And Jose went into uh, a, or went a different path with like six layers of complexity. And I was just like, like, I need to listen to it again because I was like, I didn't get an answer. What? I didn't. I did not get an answer, which I'm still no. I, I, I'm not mad about like Jose, if you're watching this, I'm not mad. You gave me a non answer answer, which is fine. I and mean, totally you're right. I uh, think it was still a good answer. It was a good answer, but I don't think he answered the question, which the question was, uh, you know, what came first? Was it reviewers breaking the cigar into thirds or was it the blenders saying, I want to transition it every third? And Nick, I know I've asked you this before and I don't quite remember what your answer is. So I'm just going to ask you again. Like, is this a, is this a reviewer thing that that reviewers came up with because our heads are so far up our asses that we're like oh, we got to break this into thirds, or it was it a, a was it a blender thing where they're like I want this cigar like to be broken into thirds and each third is going to have a transition and it's going to you know blow people away like what was it? My opinion is it's the reviewers that kind of just wanted to put those 
you know, lines on, so to speak. Uh, when I blend a cigar, I just, I don't think thirds, but it, I just think transition, that it's constantly transitioning. The first then gets into a second to a third. It depends. I don't really break it down to thirds. I want a cigar to constantly be changing and to be, you know, because of the tobaccos that are there. And the reason why it changes is also the shorter it gets, you know, there's less air filter, there's less filter on each side. So that's why different Vitola, why is a Robusto different than a Toro? It's, it could be exact same cigar. It's just an inch shorter, but yet that can smoke totally different because you're starting at a different point in the length, the amount of smoke needing to travel up that, you know, those extra inches, the extra part of the leaves or whatever you want to call it. So I, I don't think in terms of third, but you start thinking thirds because everybody talks about thirds. So, you know, maybe subconsciously you're thinking thirds. I'm just thinking transition, just keep transitioning. Yeah. I, I, I would kind of agree with what, with that. Cause I think reviewers just knowing how I do things, um, is you kind of, you have to break it up to keep it interesting for the reader. Right. And you have like, you could, you can read my reviews. You can see that it's not like, well, this first and third is just all chocolate and nuts. Right. And then the second third is all baking spice and mushroom. And then the third is, you know, whatever. It, it's not that you can read and see that, <coughs> excuse me, as I am smoking it, I am, writing down these changes in flavor and what I'm picking up and, and, and really trying to pay attention to what's underneath everything. Cause there is nuance and there's complexity to it. At least it should be. Um, and so, yeah, I could see, I could see that being the right answer, but I've never had anybody like definitively say, Oh yeah, no, it started here. And I don't know if anybody knows that. I don't know if it started well, that's, with. That's, cigar what I was and that's why, that's why probably Jose Blanco didn't directly answer the question the same way that, I can't really answer that question either. I can just tell you what my personal experiences are with blending a cigar. You know, I don't really think about it as smoking. I don't think, okay, I'm into the second, third. I'm into the third, third. No, I'm just like, okay, I'm picking up that. If it comes a quarter of an inch in or if it comes a halfway inch, I'm noticing a change. I'm not thinking thirds. But I think reviewers have kind of set the, uh, the standard there with the thirds thing. You know, I really wish, like you and I just sat down with somebody else, Nick. Um, and I, I wish mean, I would have asked other them. other than Tim? Yeah, other than Tim. <laughs> uh, time travels Please. hard. But earlier this week, we sat down with somebody else. And I really wish I would have asked them that question. Because I think, yeah. I want to see if, like, all of the you master blenders, and I love calling them master blenders because I all hate it. Uh, all, all of you master blenders, like, have that same answer. Like, no, I just blend for what, I, what I'm looking for in those transitions and not necessarily where those transitions are because typically, i don't know my my guess james is if you ask 10 blenders they're going to give you 10 different, 10 different answers like reviewers i really do I, I really don't think anybody has a stock answer i didn't have a stock answer nobody's really asked me that question before and that's what i came up with just from my experience off the cuff and i think everybody else will be thinking the same thing i could be wrong maybe there's blenders that go oh, no i specifically look for this in the first third second third I maybe, could be the, the guy that's different. I don't know. Maybe it's based on like who's doing the, like you obviously learn from somebody else how to be a blender and how, and you hone that skill into, into a master blender status and your own brand and everything that comes along with that. So I guess maybe it's who taught you. It, it's it, funny because, you know, my, my teaching and my mentoring uh, came from, you know, Cuba for one and then outside of Cuba 
Cuba's got a different mentality altogether. Uh, you ask any of the uh, Master Ligadores in Cuba, they do not even think consciously about uh, retrohaling. That's not even like they don't even know the word. You know, I'm telling you, you go, well, they go, what? They do it. They just don't know they're doing it. You know what right. I mean? It's just like it's they never labeled it. So I never was taught that way. I mean, I I was doing it because, you know, I was obviously smoking for, you know, decades before I, I got into the industry. But they have a different approach as do people that are outside Cuba. So, so there's um, not like a Spanish who, word for, for retro hail. If there is, I don't know it. So part, I don't, like, I, my you my Spanish isn't. No, my no, Spanish is not that good. <laughs> I, I know. I, 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 you, you say that, but you would imagine that somebody who spends as much time uh, in Spanish-speaking countries uh, around Spanish-speaking individuals as you do, that if that if they did have that a that word, word for it, the, like I'm you sure there's it. a word. I'm, I, I'm sure there is. Nobody's ever said it to me, and I've never said it to anybody. And I'll, that's the truth. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there is. If I punch it into Google, I'm sure if I type in <laughs> retrohail, you know, it'll come up with the Spanish version of it. I, I don't know. Somebody do some Google food. No, <laughs> like so, but that that's interesting, Nick, because that makes me think even more than what I thought before. Like I'm almost firmly married to this this theory now. That reviewers are the ones who who came up with this thirds because we are pretentious assholes with our heads so far up our own ass, like, wow, oh, I can taste. Himalayan sea salt and I can taste, uh, you know, as, as tech chocolate and, and <coughs> shut the fuck up. I can't get taste that. I can give you, general I, I can tell you that most blenders do find it to be totally horseshit. There you go. You know, I, you I can tell you that. Well, yeah, but who would want to read an article? Like, first off, you would have to have somebody that was into cigars that also knew what the blenders exactly what the blenders were trying to do and, and knew the lingo and then they're going to start doing reviews. Now they got to figure out a way to get people to read that review. And I think that if you broke it up to be that complex, I think you're going to lose interest. So breaking it up into thirds seems like a fair way to do a review. Yeah. Meet the blender's intent and keep the reader's uh, attention. I'll tell yeah. you another secret. One other secret. I must have been asked if I've been asked one time, I've been asked hundreds of times by, you know, consumers, retailers, you name it. What am I, what am I supposed to be picking up here? Or what am I, they're asking me to tell them what they're smoking or, you know, what was my vision? And even though I have my own thoughts, of course, I never share them because I feel it's unfair because the power of suggestion is very, very strong. I can give you a cigar and tell you, you're going to taste this, 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 and that. And guess what? You're going to taste those because I planted those thoughts into your mind. So good, bad, or indifferent, I don't believe you should do that. Let the person with their own background experience in cigar smoking and, and the way they were raised and what kind of foods they ate and what kind of taste they had, let them come up with their own. And I, and I get so many varied, you know, smoking the same cigar, you ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers. You know, sometimes people try to copy, you know, they're not confident in their own tasting palates. They'll they'll read something and go, oh, I pick up this. And I'm thinking to myself, are you picking that up? Or are you just because you read some so-called expert that's a reviewer say that's in there and now you're parroting that? And I hear that all the time, too. So I find half of it is bullshit. And I believe, honestly, personally, half of the reviewers are out there are bullshit, too. You know, I think they just like to hear themselves 
parrot and, and just uh, hear themselves talk and come up with shit. And the more shit that they come up with, then people go, oh, man, he must have an incredible palate. He picked up this. I couldn't even pick that up. And, and I, I sometimes I shake my head some of the stuff that I hear, you know, or read. Um, so James is right here. I know. I feel oh, personally. I'm sorry. I feel, uh, was was James here? Feel, I'm sorry. I forgot. I feel about personally it. attacked. No, no, no. This is on all reviewers. I'm, I I'm just being my my honest opinion. I mean, I, don't, I think I, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I also believe everybody should experience the cigar for themselves and let them come up with their own. I mean, people want to know. Okay, what is is it good or is it not good? But at the end of the day, why is there 60 million different brands out there and so many different cigars? Because you know what. What somebody thinks is crap, the next guy is going to think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, and everything in between. So, let yep. the people decide, you know, and the majority will will speak. And whether the cigar is uh, successful is because more people than not like it. They may like it for different reasons and they may pick up different, you know, tastes and nuances or whatever. But the bottom line, a well-balanced, well-blended cigar will speak for itself and let them tell you what it is. You know, in, in I, I, I kind of want to piggyback on that for a second, if I can, uh, Nick, because when an artist has a work of art and it's up at a museum and people are like, oh, and they're standing there for hours and they're trying to like figure out what the message was of this particular piece of art. Like, what is the artist trying to say? What was his vision for this piece? And there's some artists who will come right out and say, oh, well, this is a, this is a commentary on uh, the um, degrading of, uh, uh, you know, of the, uh, and whatever. Like, they could pick a topic, and that's what he was trying to talk about. Um, and to me, that reinforces my theory, if you will, that rolling, the cigar rolling, the blending, everything about this, from seed to shelf is art. It is a work of art. The box, the marketing, uh, the artwork behind it, but also how it tastes and the blending process that went into it and the picking of the tobacco and the, the choosing of the seeds and that kind of, it's all an art. And, and I feel like that should be, all of this should be covered under the First Amendment because it is art and it is an outlet for creative folks like Nick Cirrus. And, uh, you know, Jose Blanco and Carlito Fuente and like everybody, it is, a, it is, they are artists and this is, this is their product. And just because it's not one artist, but it's a, it's a team, uh, that, that does it. I, I, I it, it, it boggles my mind that we're not, we're not going down that road. Could you imagine anybody walking into a restaurant and saying, nope, you can't use salt because salt makes you know a high blood pressure it is it has detrimental effects on people you can't use any salt i i've heard people say that you go to a nice restaurant and uh you don't use condiments you don't use salt you don't use pepper or ketchup or whatever it changes because, the, the way the original yeah, yeah there's yeah there is that too i, I like your analogy and i'm not 100 percent uh completed with that analogy in the sense that I do believe it's it's a work of art. I believe that it's mine. Whether it, I'm a good artist or a bad artist, that's not for me to say, but at least I'm creating something. You know, our canvas is a tobacco leaf. You know, it's the same thing. At the end of the day, it's a weed and it's the same leaf where it's planted, 
um, you know, what seed you use and everything else, but even in the way that it's cooked slash fermented changes everything. So there's so many things you can do with that tobacco leaf to make it taste so many different ways from all these different countries. And it's amazing the different recipes you can create to make a cigar. And that's, what's so great. And that's what I love about blending is because I, I I'm not an artist in the sense of, you know, I, I don't consider myself an artist. I consider myself, I love tobacco so much. And I love, I get something out of it when I'm creating something. It, I get some, uh, an experience that's fulfilling for me. And that's why I like doing it. And that's why when I started in this game, trust me, it would have been a lot easier for me to go to an established blender with a name brand behind him uh, at the time when I got in, you know, AJ wasn't even AJ at the time, but let's say somebody that was the the top of his game and said, Hey, produce a cigar for me. And then I'm just going to sell it under my brand. And I had many offers and many people that said, Hey, you know, I'll blend a cigar for you. And even though that probably maybe would have been a smarter way to get into the business because it would have definitely uh, been easier to sell somebody else's cigar than somebody that nobody's heard of, or a guy that thinks he knows how to blend a cigar. Um, I wanted, for me, it was very important to do it myself. You know, whether I sold one stick, I didn't care. I just wanted to produce something of my own. And that's why it's so rewarding when people tell me they enjoy my cigars. I know it sounds corny guys, you know, and I say that it's like, yeah, it's great to make, you know, to be able to put food on the table doing what you love to do. But when I know people enjoy my cigars and I see people around me uh, loving it and the, and the feedback I get, it makes it worth all the negative and all the bullshit that goes into it. So that's what keeps me going. People say, how long are you going to do this? I swear I'll do this till the last day I can possibly, that I'm still on this earth, um, you know, in heaven, if I can blend cigars in heaven, I'll want to do that because if I could do one thing today, I would just live and blend and just smoke and for myself, not to sell it, just to keep creating and coming up with different things. And it's just, that gives me a, a personal high. And, and if somebody else likes what I created, that's the biggest high because I can make something that I know I'm going to like, that's easy, but making something that other people like, you know, that's where, you know, there's a million different people. I mean, a billions uh, that, you know, uh, I don't know how many people are actually smokers, but you know what I'm trying to say that everybody's got their thing. So I, I'm not going to be able to create something for every single person. Uh, and, and it cracks me up where I'll get people that'll tell me it's the best cigar they ever smoked. And then I'll get somebody to say, it's the shittiest cigar I ever smoked. And I go, wow, you know, that really reinforces that you just can't make everybody happy. So you just kind of, kind of try to make something that you think some, you know, I target it to individual, each blend that I've made, I target it to a different type of smoker and try to give them something in that. And, and again, that's why different blends are coming out constantly. And, but at the end of the day, everybody's got to like, like what they smoke. And that's why I smoke, not just my own. Oh yeah. I prefer my own stuff because I do enjoy my own. I, I call them all my children. Oh, what's your favorite cigar? Well, today happens to be this one of my own, but they're all my children and I love them all. And uh, every time I smoke, if I haven't smoked one of my, you know, this blender, that blender, like, Oh yeah, I remember this. And I, and I remember what went into making that cigar and, you know, and the, the memories and it brings back so much. And I enjoy that. And the, and the creative process that goes, everybody's got some kind of outlet for their hobbies. And that just happens to be mine. And I was fortunate enough to take a hobby and, and make it into uh, something that I can make a living at. So. Yeah. 
you know, listening to you um, actually reminds me of something that Jose said that kind of a little bit made me chuckle, but a little bit made me think. Um, and it was that there are those out there that they hoard the knowledge. They've, they've gained some knowledge, they hoard it, and then there's others that like to pass it on to teach others and, and keep everything thriving. And just from my own history, I'm like, okay, well, the people who like to share, the, the people who like to teach, those are the, the people I like to gravitate towards. Those are, the, those are the people that I want to enjoy their cigars. Whereas I see the people that in my mind tend to hoard information and keep everything locked up to themselves are the people that I want to stay away from. And I'm just curious if you think that brands can succeed or basically perish based on the mentality difference of hoarding versus passing or the knowledge on. Well, you know, it, it comes down to the individual personality of the person. My personality completely having nothing to do with cigars has always been that I like to share. I like to share any information. If I know a little bit more than you do about a certain topic, I have no problem sharing with it. And even in this industry, you know, being a relatively newbie, um, if I know just something a little bit more, I'd love to share with people that have been in the industry for many more more years because, you know, there's a different viewpoint or some way you're coming from it. And I give freely because I am of the firm belief that, you know, this you're, you're on this planet for a little time, you know, and, and, and why be a dick? You know, why not share information? And whether it be, you know, my electronics background or computer stuff or just anything, I give freely now. I've learned in this business, there are many people that uh, they do not, do not give freely. Uh, and I, I have to attribute, at first he used to piss me off. Uh, and I'd be like, all right, all right, ass. You know, I did this, not that it's tit for tat, you know, but it's like, I, I helped you here, but you can't share this little bit of information or you like parry my my request, uh, my, my okay. And I used to get, I used to get angry uh, inside, but, I've come to the realization that people that hoard information, even unrelated to cigars, I believe those people to be just insecure people and they're insecure about themselves and they just don't want to share. I don't know. Or it's a, a that's the way their personality is. Um, but there are many out there that do like to share. What I do find is when you find somebody of like mind, you immediately gravitate towards those people. When I first met Alejandro Robina in Cuba, I didn't speak a word of Spanish. But when I sat next to that man and knowing, you know, you, you see his face and it's got, you know, the lines of, of just experience. And he, to me, epitomized, you know, what it is to be a tobacco man. And I said to myself, God, and the same feeling I got the first time I met, you know, Jose Orlando Padron. Again, I didn't speak any Spanish. We sat there and I just felt a kinship, a bond with those people. And that's what made me gravitate to those type of people. And I've met other very successful people in this industry that are great blenders in their own right. But I don't care for them because I just don't get that same feeling for whatever reason, you know. Um, but there are many that do have this and we gravitate towards each other. And that's what this industry is about. Look, friends, you meet somebody on the street. Sometimes you go, ah, he's an asshole. I don't want to deal with him. 
You don't know why, but you get a feeling. Well, when it's that in the world of cigars, it just means so much more. So that's my two cents on that. I think some people share and some people don't. Does it mean they're going to be successful or not? I don't think uh, there's really any correlation there. But I think as as a general statement, you should share with your fellow human being. It's the same way you see, uh, you know, uh, an old lady walking and carrying groceries. My initial instinct is to go help that person. And I think most people should. But there are people that would not do that because either they weren't taught that way from their parents or for the way they were raised. But it's it's all about how you were raised, I think, you know, and and sharing and helping people is should be a way that we should all live life. And, and related to cigars is no different. Yeah, I saw um, James shaking his head there, so chime in. Yeah, no, uh, it reminds me of uh, while while talking with with uh, Jose. He he said more than once. He's like, I know Nick. Nick is a great guy, but you, James, I don't know you. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Which I'm gonna just have to, goes to show he's a really good judge of character, right? A really good judge of character. Uh, did he ever call you? Just out of curiosity, Nick, did he ever call you? No. Okay. Because no, I, but he yeah, called. Did Coop. he call you? No, he called. Oh, Coop. he called Coop. Oh, he, he called, did. So I saw Coop uh, about a week after we had recorded the episode at the uh, McAuliffe Open House. I saw Coop there, and we were talking, and I said, "Yeah, we just had Jose Blanco," and he goes, "Yeah, I know." He called me, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, he called me. He wanted to know about you." I'm like, "Oh shit, what'd you like, you, I hope before it was all after? Good, right? Before I, after? I don't know end. if it was before or after. I think it was probably after. But okay. he called Coop and asked about me." So, I mean, mm. he's he's doing his due diligence, making sure, like, you know, I would imagine probably before, right? Cause I, he, think it he, was, I think it was before because he, he, didn't, he, wanna, he didn't know you. Yeah. He didn't know you. And he wanted to make sure that he was coming on. Because you know how some of these shows are. We've talked about them. We're not that show. We're not a guy. Well, some show. of them have been burned, you know, yeah. uh, especially in his own in his own camp. You know, he even mentioned, you know, um, Carlito has done shows where they kind of bushwhacked him. And, you know, they're like, you know what, from now on we're going to have to just vet these people because, you know, look, this, the, is there any standard in this, in the cigar media? No. So yeah, you got to be more careful, especially who you talk to. And, and like, you know, James and I were talking the other day and this is something that uh, maybe James thought about or didn't think about it. We just had a guest that we, we dealt with. And the first thing he said is, Hey, listen, I got an hour, you know? So James was very, um, courteous and kept to it and in back of my mind all that meant is he doesn't know if he's going to like this so he's given himself a little out if he liked it he would have stayed there for three hours but he wanted to be able to say hey guys i told you i got an hour i gotta go if it was going south he didn't like what he what was happening he had a reason to get out you know i'm sure his time was limited but it's always great to say that to give yourself a little bit of an out. So when you don't know where, what you're coming into, like I've done some interviews that I kind of wish I hadn't done after the fact, but you know, it's all good. Yeah. No, I think you've <laughs> called me after a couple of those. You're like, what did I just get done doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we do our best to do our homework here and we don't do the gotcha thing. And that's becoming um, more prevalent in this, in this industry and in this industry uh, the cigar media industry is changing and it, and it is, it is evolving. It is, it is getting, I hope better every day, but, um, there are those who are going after the clickbait 
that are going after the sensationalism and trying to, you know, call people to the carpet on things that like, it doesn't matter. None of it really matters. Like, you know, I'll never forget. There was an instance where, uh, without giving too much away, somebody, somebody told one of us in, in media and it wasn't me. They weren't talking to me. They were talking to somebody else, but they're like, you're not covering a war. You're covering the fucking cigar industry. Like, like and you don't, you're not, we're not real journalists. We are, and we're not. Um, and we try to be, uh, as professional as we can be. And like Nick said, like when, when that person told me they had an hour, I stuck to that hour. And when we were done and it was done recording, like we talked for another 20 minutes and, and that's great. Cause I, I love getting FaceTime with these guys and, you know, talking with them when I see them out and about at events and whatnot, you know, it's, it. It is nice that they know my name, but that's not why I do this. I do it because I generally have a genuinely <clears throat> have a love for this uh, industry. Uh, I have a love for what I do. I have a love for what <clears throat> we do at the uh, at, at simplystogies.com and I have a love for cigars. So, you know, um, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see where things go and, and Jose doing his homework. <clears throat> I think we're going to see a lot more. Uh, of that where guys will do their homework. And if they're not familiar with us and what we do, they're going to call somebody and, and, and figure it out. Um, but like I said, the industry is changing. I don't know if the two of you saw this or not, but we did receive an email from the PCA. Uh, and the yes, PC, yes, the we did. PCA did is not. no longer requiring dues for uh, Cigar Media. So that $450 that we would spend every year and then an extra $150 per badge, and we could only get two extra badges. Um, I don't know if the badge thing has gone away, but the $450 thing has gone away. So we well, know that's longer, interesting. Yeah. Do you know why and, that is, James? <clears throat> I, from what it says um, <clears throat> in the email and the press release, it, it was done because of the feedback they got from numerous media outlets. Now, the other part of that is they're hoping that by doing this, that media will come legitimately and not come on a manufacturer's badge or on a B&M's badge and come in and kind of disrupt things. And it will be easier for them to kind of keep track of who's doing what. Yeah, talking- but at the same time, they're going to do uh, a better job. Not that they weren't doing it, but I guess a more diligent in vetting these media people. You have to present what you do, like you're legit. Like I think before you could say, I'm um, ABC media. Here's my 450. They'll take your money. You're on the show. And I don't know if they did any vetting. I, I can't say for certain, but now you have to present what you do, some type of resume per se, whether it be, you know, a show or a written material, and then they'll approve you. And you're right. The main reason was a lot of people, you know, are like, Hey, I just paid 450. I could have just asked Gurkha to give me a badge and, you know, I could be one of those 50 people on the floor. And there was a lot of media that, uh, that paid the money that said, Hey, these guys, we saw them all over the place and they were getting more time on the floor because they had manufacturers badges. They were getting there early. They were able to go before and after. So they were getting better uh, access to, to people. And that pissed off a lot of the, you know, the, the, the media that was playing by the rules. So the PCA's response to that was to try to correct it because they couldn't police that. No. So the best way to police it, it was, it's an impassable task. You can't possibly do no. that. So this way 
you're right. So now these people don't have to feel like, oh, I'm just going to try to save the $450. But if they're a legitimate, you know, media that actually produce something, uh, they'll have, you know, be able to get on the floor and not have to use a manufacturer's uh, badge to do so. I, I think overall it's a good thing. I really do. I don't know how much they're going to be able to, because look, it was, it was part of the, the, the process anyway. Like if you, when you apply, you have to give them your website. You have to give them the names of all the authors of all the people on the website, on the podcast, all of that. And you have to have written a review, one review in a 12 month period. Uh, and as long as you've done that, you you get a badge and you're able able to go. So I don't know I, what those changes are going to look like. If it's going to have to be like three or four reviews in a 12 month period, which to me makes more sense. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna come to the trade show, you need to be invested. And if you're invested, you're doing at least one review a quarter, right? I, I think I think that this is really good information. It's it's awesome. Um, but it's also, to me, something that's more for a show that we have called uh, Simply Stogies After Dark. This Whatever. is a great topic for that. I do think that we... Well, run like, the show, pat, Tim. Run the show. I, cut cut I them I off. My, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay, good. <I'm> trying. <laughs> okay. Um, cut them off, uh, Which, by the way, is November 3rd, the next After Dark, uh, where we are going to be on Facebook. We did get Facebook fixed, so if you... Uh, tuned in uh, last month, that was a cluster. We got that fixed. So we will be on Facebook and we will be on YouTube and we will definitely discuss this topic. Um, but I did give myself a pat on the back and I don't know if James, you did, uh, or if Nick, you did, but uh, Jose said that there's room for better media in, in the industry. And the fact that he is sitting in this interview for lack of better terms. I kind of took that as we are part of the better media and that we're doing something right. And so I don't know, what did you get from that? Well, okay. I could tell you this, the fact that Jose Blanco asked around, he's one of the guys that is a veteran. He's not a new guy. He doesn't look a lot of brands you know, we'll go anywhere they're called because they figure some, you know, if there's two people listening to that show, that's two more people potentially will be buying my cigar. So they would do every show. And I'm not going to tell you that I didn't do that either. Like I, I never call or ask to be on anybody's show, but pretty much if somebody called me, I was like, okay, sure. Why not? Cause I had that same approach. Jose Blanco uh, in whatever carnation he was when he was with EPC or, or whoever he was with, you know, they're more established brands. I mean, you can't get more established than the Fuente company. So they they have their own stuff. And so they 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 do they want to do the media, but they can be more selective. And Jose definitely did his due diligence. And yes, he felt that we were worthy enough to be on the show. Let's let's put it that way or to be given a chance. Um, so, yeah, I guess you're correct in that statement. Yeah, I didn't give myself a pat on the back, though. I, look, I didn't either. I, 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 no. I didn't look at it that way. No, no. Do I think that what we do is is good? Yeah. Like I, even just this week, somebody said I started listening to your podcast because it doesn't it didn't sound like, you know, two cats in a tin can having a fight. You know, they could understand like the audio is really good. And I've always prided myself <laughs> on that. Um, the content is what the content is. Good, bad or indifferent. Now, what I will say is this. 
Uh, we do our best to to keep it professional, to be as professional as we can, uh, both with uh, those in the industry and our audience and our fans. Um, we do our best to bring you content that we think uh, the audience will like, while at the same time highlighting whoever our guest is in the best light possible. It is not my job. I'm not an investigative journalist. It's not my job to dig into things and call them on things. And and somebody had just told me that the Pete Johnson was actually on a show recently, not ours. And uh, it was a gotcha show. It was, uh, they called him to task on all sorts of things, uh, distribution wise and whatnot. And you could tell that Pete was uncomfortable. Now, is there room for that in the industry? Mm, sure. But not from a podcast. <laughs> like that would be, to me, that's something that cigar aficionado should dig into a cigar snob or, or an actual print magazine, um, not infotainment. And that's what we are. We want to get people the, the information. We want to be semi entertaining. We want you to be able to watch this and have a good time and, and feel like you're part of the conversation. You're listening in on the conversation, but what I don't ever want to be is, uh, like I'm not the Walter Cronkite of cigars, nor do I want to be. I'm not the Tom Brokaw. I'm not the, I'm not, I'm not any of these guys. I don't, I don't want that. That's not what I want any of us to do. What we are first and foremost is we are enthusiasts, cigar enthusiasts and, and uh, cigar aficionados. And, the, and in the case of Nick, we are a cigar master blender. Um, <laughs> I just want to see how many times I say that before. How many times can you say that in one episode, please? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that's, we, we are fans of, of the leaf first and foremost. And, and everything else is secondary. And this is a show by enthusiasts and aficionados for enthusiasts and aficionados. Uh, and I don't consider myself an aficionado. I am, I am a enthusiast and I cover the industry. I don't, I don't need to dig into things. I don't think anyone's, that's not my job, right? It's not my job. Uh, but I will, I will say this, like our numbers have always been on a steady upward climb. They are still on a steady upward climb. Our, our website gets a lot of engagement as far as time on the website uh, and and clicks uh, through the website. So I'm very pleased with where we're at numbers wise. However, our audience isn't banging down the door being like, let me join the LE club so I can herf with you guys on the first Friday of every month. Uh, advertisers are not beating, beating down our door because I beat them off when we first started saying, I'm not taking advertising. And now here we are going, oh, I think I'll take advertising because this is pretty expensive. And I didn't, Guess I didn't really think it through. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's right. one of those things where are we good? I enjoy what we do. I enjoy doing what we do. Um, but it's not it's not up to me to say that. And it's not up to me to pat myself on the back or pat you guys on the back. I think you guys all do a wonderful job. I've told you that. Um, it's up to when we're able to pull people like Pete Johnson, Jose Blanco, Nick Melillo, uh, you know, John Lorendi. Uh, and uh, Adrian Marahaj from from Peter James, when we're able to pull Brian Desmond, when we're able to get on uh, Luciano, when we're able to get on John Hoover, like when we're able to get these, that's the proof in the pudding, right? Because these guys, some of them, sure, will go on any show that, that that'll have them, but they come on our show and they always seem to have a good time, uh, and and they always want to come back. And so to well, have the, Nick, you know, Nick Malillo on for the second the proof, time, the proof of the pudding actually. Uh, in my opinion, is not just the fact that they're willing to come on because you can put a very professional, polished show with great audio and video, but at the end of the day, it's the audience and how much of an audience. And 
and everybody's there's no shortage of cigar media that just grows every day. You know, literally anybody with an with an iPhone can be on the Internet saying they're, you know, cigar media. So there are a gazillion people out there, but everybody does their type of show and everybody's different. I, you know, I always try to get feedback and I was just asking somebody and, and you know, the feedback, you know, after the uh, Pete Johnson interview that we did, you know, most people seem to enjoy it. I got some people that said, you know what? I, I didn't really like it as much because you didn't really talk about cigars. I go, what? You know, and they're like, yeah, you were really just get, getting more into the background. And, and I'm like, and, and in my head, I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, I guess I think that that's a better topic. You could read about the cigars on Half Wheel or Cigar Aficionado anytime you want. So why would you waste too much time? I, I thought we touched upon enough cigars, but, you know, I thought it'd be more interesting that, you know, Pete's done so many interviews. Let's talk about his background. Let's yeah. talk about why the person behind the brand. But that's our take on the way we do interviews. And other shows may have a different take. So the person that likes our show will continue to listen to our show. And if they don't, they'll click off. And there's no shortages of other shows that they can go and listen to. So well, let me, that's let me the ask, proof of the pudding. Yeah. Like, let me ask you this, Nick. Um, would you agree that stories sell cigars like the the story behind the cigar will sell the cigar the story behind the company will sell the cigar 100 percent. i yeah. think that's what differentiates more than the actual cigar itself is the story behind and, and people are into the story they're into the people behind the cigars because it has more meaning when they're smoking a cigar that's made by pete johnson you know they know about pete they know his history they know how long he's been how passionate it is about the business and i think they they relate more to the cigar that he's making. I, I that's the way I would see it, but maybe there are people that are just more into finding the, you know, the meat and potatoes of the cigar. And I'm sure there's shows that do more of that. I don't know. I don't listen to any media. Yeah, you, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I listen to, I listen to Coop. Um, and I listen to every once in a while, I listen to uh, uh cigar talk. But other than that, like, I don't, I try not to listen to a, to a whole lot of, of other media just cause I don't want to, Everything I do, I want it to be what I, what my vision is, and I don't want to be tainted by what other people are doing. So rarely will I listen, but those are the two, if I'm listening, that I'll, I'll, I'll listen to. And like I've said before, like if I was going to emulate anybody, it'd be Coop, and I think we do a good enough job that we're, we're, we're different. But I would agree with you that, that, that stories sell the cigar, and it, it, it's just, it, finding out about that person, um, it allows our audience to connect with these guys uh, in a way that maybe they're, look, We've all been to an, an event, and, and 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 this is not a dig on anybody, especially the manufacturer, the blender, whoever's taking the time to show up to these events. But when you're at an event, Nick, like how many people are you meeting? I, I'm going to imagine it's over 200, probably every every event, right? And uh, and that's like maybe the low end, 75 to 100. Well, it depends on the shop. It depends on, you know, there's some events that. You know, I feel like I'm Carlito Fuente sometimes and it's like, oh, this is what it must be like to to be Carlito, you know, you know, um, but yeah, you get a lot of people. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I don't care if there's five people uh, or there's, you know, 500, you know, if if 500 people want to talk to me that night, I, I'm there to promote my cigars and get people to experience them. And I'll talk to anybody that wants to uh, to, to have a chat. Yeah, and I think it, most people are like that. I, no, I, I agree with that. I think most people are like that, but, but 
in a in the course of a four hour event, five hour event, six hour event, not everyone's going to be able to sit down with you for an hour and have that intimate conversation like we have here uh, on the show, Nick, with you uh, and myself and what whoever guests we have on. We have that hour, hour and a half uh, intimate conversation where we get to know them. We get to know about how they got into the business. We get to know what's going on in their lives. We get to know what, what they've got coming out and all of those things. And not everybody gets that. What they get typically is, Hey man, like, thanks for showing up. Oh yeah. Let me sign your box. Yeah. I'll take a picture. Oh, I really am glad you enjoyed that cigar. I'm glad that cigar has impacted you in a positive way. Like keep smoking my brand, right? That's typically what people get at an event, especially bigger events. Um, at smaller events, sure, more intimate. You can you can spend a little bit more time with people, but rarely are you giving somebody an hour and a half. And we give that to our audience on a um, biweekly basis every month. And, and, and is that different than what anybody else does? I don't know. Probably not. But, uh, you know, I also don't think we ask the same questions everybody else does. Um, so, I, I'm very, like I said, when Jose came on, I was very humbled that he came on. I was excited to have him on. This guy is a, he was a, he's a legend in the business. He is an icon. He's the professor. Uh, and that's, you know, not taking anything away from Nick. I, I get to see and hear from Nick, you know, a few times a week and we get to have a show together and, and we've become, you know, fairly good friends. At least I think we are. Maybe we're not. Uh, maybe you hate me, Nick. Maybe you get off here. And you're like, fuck that guy. Hey, Jesus Christ. Why did I agree? What to did this? I do? Here? What did I, yeah. Why did I, well, that's what I say about Tim. But yeah, well, that you. you and me both, dude. <laughs> you and me both every fucking week. Uh, uh, but they come on and they, they, I think they have a good time and I think they, they enjoy the conversation that we have because I do try to make it a conversation and not like fucking 20 questions. So, um, yeah, I, to answer the, the, whatever the question was, Tim, I, did I pat myself on the back? No, absolutely not. We'll continue to try to get better and hone what we're doing, but we will never, <clears throat> ever ever go for that lowest common denominator of, Hey, so you fucked up. Let's talk about your fuck up. <laughs> like that's not who we right. are. That's not what we're ever going to do. Right. And I think, again, this goes back to another one of the things that Jose said, and I, I, it caught me off guard because we've been doing this for a little bit now okay. and we've had ups and we've had downs and we've had a huge learning curve and we've sat down a time or two and said, why are we doing this? Why do we do what we do? And everything that the both of you just said is 100% right. But to sum it up, what Jose said is that it's all about the people and the story. And that got me thinking, that's why for me, that's why I enjoy doing or being part of Simply Stogies and doing Clear the Air. Yeah, I, I, look, everybody wants to feel like they're involved and we, we have created a society now through social media where everyone's opinion counts, everyone's opinion matters. And you can get on, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and you can scream from, from the mountaintop whatever your opinion is, right, wrong, or indifferent. That's your opinion. And now I have a platform for everybody to hear my opinion. And that's essentially what we do here. I, 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 there are no illusions that we do anything different. Um, other than mm, I understand that my opinion doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it, it's definitely it not a unicorn. No, it doesn't matter. Nick's opinion matters more than mine because he's in the industry uh, and he deals with these people on a professional level. 
not a, a media level, not on, uh, you know, he wears different hats. We've talked about that, but Nick is in the industry. And so we get that industry insider kind of perspective and, and he's able to look at the industry through that lens of I'm in the industry. And then he can like a microscope, just flip it and he can look through it through the lens of media and he can look through it through the lens uh, of, of just a being a, a cigar person. And so, you know, he, people ask me all the time, why do you do the show? You know, they're, yeah, they're like, God, the like, show sucks. That they're James like, no, guy's a no, they're like, I don't, I don't get it. They're like, I don't Walk get away. it. And I'm like, yeah, but, but I do it for, uh, it's still uh, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a selfish reason. I do enjoy this industry. Um, I'm also a fan of cigars. That's what got me into the industry. Um, uh, and I like being part of the media and I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it until I was out of it. You know, when I got into it, I wasn't looking to get into the media. I kind of got into it, you know, with the smooth draw show that I mentioned many times on the show. And while I was doing it as much as it was a lot of work and time, uh, when I was away from it, I go, you know, I kind of miss that, you know, and I, and I do enjoy again, I'm in this business because I enjoy people and I enjoy talking about cigars and it gives me an avenue to do the same thing wearing a completely different hat. And so I enjoy it. I'm glad I'm part of the show. So well, I'm glad sense. you're part of the show too, Nick, because I, you, you, you add, I don't want to say uh legitimacy to the show, but you add legitimacy to the show because you, you understand the industry much better than, than I ever will. And like I've said before, you've forgotten more than I'll ever know about cigars and the blending of cigars and how things are 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 cooked. Well, my journey is different. You yeah. know, my journey is a different. You know, if and you decided what- to, everybody's journey is different in the cigar world. And I think, you know, uh, you say it as a more insightful. I'd say it's a different road, and, and that's what's cool that you know you're coming from the consumer side of things. You know, and and I. First and foremost, I'm a consumer, but I'm also, you know, had the pleasure to actually create cigars as well and and get a taste of what these guys do, you know, at different levels. And everybody's different. And like you said, everybody's got their own story. Everybody's story is fairly unique. And and everybody that's in this business stays in the business because they like it. Um, some get out because, at the end, you know, they don't. They can't make it at the end of the day, you know, and, and I get that because it's a tough business. And and that's why I consider myself fortunate to be still, you know, in this business. And people go, what do you do like for money? I go, what do you mean? I'm, I'm in the cigar business. They're like you make money at this business, you know, like people that have known me <laughs> in, in other ventures. And I'm like, uh, yeah, or I would be starving. But, uh, you know, thankfully, I put food on the table, so I'm OK, you know. Yeah. Um I'm comfortable in the lane that I've chosen and I like the speed that I'm going at. And uh, I guess I'm more comfortable in my skin now where I thought when I first got in, Hey, I was going to light up the, you know, the world by the storm and all this. And now I'm just like, Hey man, I, I like what I do. And I like that people smoke my cigars. And if I'm gaining one new smoker a day, that's, that's good enough for me, man. I'll keep going. Yeah. And that, you know, I've always said that if I get one person to try a cigar, they wouldn't normally try, then I've done my job, you know, and I feel good about what we've done. And I know for a fact what we've got, we've had several folks reach out and say, Hey, you know, I tried this cigar because you said, you know, 
that you liked it or whatever. And now I smoked it and it was great. Like, good job. Like, good call. I haven't had anybody reach out yet and go, yeah, you told me to smoke a shit stick and I want my money back. But I mean, I would imagine that's coming soon, probably now that I've said yeah. that. Um, but that's why I started this show, Nick, was I wanted to document my journey. And my journey has taken me from an audio only show to now we're doing video. We're doing things on location. Uh, you know, we have guests that that come on that are in the industry and they they share their knowledge and their time with us. And I'm extremely grateful and thankful for that. You know, part of my journey was becoming friends with you and you you spend your time and your knowledge with us. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, and, and then, of course, part of my journey was um, picking up Tim. And look, we all have regrets. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was waiting for something to come out. You know, we don't all always make the right decisions. No, no, we, we don't. But no. we live by what yeah. we do. That's right. We stand by it. We stand by it. Exactly. And Potomac, I'm 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 here to say that yeah, I stand yeah. next to you. I stand next. To, I stand with Potomac. Yeah, you just went in too deep, and now you can't get out. I, can't I, get I get it. Yeah, I yeah. see what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, gents, uh, the Jose Blanco episode was a really good episode. I actually, I'll be honest with you, I listen to every episode, but this is one that I'm going to listen to a second time uh, just because I feel like there's things that I probably didn't catch up on or catch the first time, just like your movie reference, really. Um, it was a great episode. Uh, it was really fun to listen to Jose and uh, share his thoughts and opinions. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I was I was super grateful that he came on. Like I said, very humbled. And I know you know him, Nick, and, and, and thank you so much for getting him on the show and, and inviting him on personally. Because um, typically, for those of you that don't know, we have somebody who reaches out. We have uh, Logan, who does a great job for us. She reaches out to folks. She schedules the interviews, and, and Nick and I show up, and we do them. Uh, but Nick reached out to, to Jose personally and said, Hey, would you, would you like to come on the show? We'd love to have you. And Jose was kind enough to do his due diligence, find out that I wasn't a complete shit stick and, and then, uh, uh, came on. Like, I'm sure he's still disappointed. Like Jesus, that James guy, like fuck that guy. But like, it was, an, it was an okay <laughs> interview. I did it for Nick. It's all good. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I, I really did enjoy that episode. Um, this year has been like, I can't wait to get to like, and people are like, Jesus, dude, it's only fucking October still. Yeah, I know. But like, we're done. We have two more shows we've got to record for the year and we're done, but it has been a great year. And I know we'll talk about that a uh, little bit, November 3rd, uh, for the, uh, the, uh, second, uh, installment of after dark. Uh, so I hope you join us, uh, for that. Even if you're not an LE club member, you can watch it live on YouTube and Facebook. And if you're an LE club member, watch your email address, uh, or your email inbox because you're going to get an, an invite uh, to the show and you can come on and you can talk with us. You can ask us questions. You can ask Nick questions. If Nick's on, I don't know what Nick's going on, got going on. I'll be here. Nick will be here. So you can ask Nick questions. I think it'll be a good time. Um, and, and we're going to, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. So LE club, simply stogies.com top click on LE club, click register $10 a month, hundred dollars a year. Uh, and you can join us on the show and, and ask questions. And eventually I promise we will get guests on for that show. But for the first few, Kind of want to find our footing, kind of find out what they work what, all the bugs out. Yeah, work all the bugs out, all that stuff. Uh, figure out what the show's all about and, and how you, the audience, fit into it because we want it to be an audio centric, uh, audience centric show. Uh, and go from there. But um, 
I know we're, we're, we're wrapping things up, right, Tim? Because uh, if we're wrapping things up. I think up, that's the plan. Yeah, then, that's the then, plan. Uh, look, uh, this November 1st, we've got uh, Nick Melillo, which was a great interview with Nick. Uh, and Nick, Nick squared, if you will, uh, which uh, Mr. Melillo came up with. <laughs> so we had uh, Nick and Nick. And it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed that. And I'm looking forward to you guys uh, hearing all of that and watching that episode November 1st. Uh, then, of course, clear the air where we talk about Nick behind his back. Uh, and then uh, November 15th, uh, we've got uh, uh, we've got John Morendi and Adrian uh, Mirajish. I'm going to fuck up his last Hold name. Just I'm, not even, I, I'm <laughs> right. not even going to try to use last names on that one. Right. Uh, but we've got we've got uh, uh, John and Adrian on, and that was a great conversation. Unfortunately, Nick had something come up, so it's just my myself, Nick, and Adrian, or myself, John, and Adrian. Great show. Uh, clear the air week after that. And then in December, like I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but the last show of the year, December 15th, Charlie Minato, halfwheel.com. He will be here uh, December 15th. That's going to be, that's going to be one hell of an episode. That is a hell of a way to, to end the year. Yeah, it's going to, so like, it's <laughs> been a great year. Um, Nick joined the show this year. It's been awesome. So I'm looking forward to, to the next four episodes. Does Charlie know I'm on this show. Did you tell him? <laughs> I did. <laughs> he's and like, he still wanted to do it. Yeah. He said okay. he'd still come okay. on. He was like, yeah, fuck that okay. Nick guy, but I'll still come on. No, he was good. He was like, yeah, just let me know, uh, the date. So we've got that. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be a good time. I think it'll be a good conversation. That guy knows more about the industry than I'll ever forget. Um, you know, where Nick knows more about blending than, than, you know, I'll ever. Charlie would be successful at whatever he did. I'll say that he's a very, very smart. I call him a kid because he's only a few years older than my son. You know, they went to college together at Wake Forest. So, but you know, he's a sharp, sharp guy. Yeah. I can't wait for you to tell that story. When, when Charlie's on, cause I, I know you've told me that story where, where your son's like, well, I've hey. told Charlie, I've told Charlie that story and you know, it, I'll tell it quickly here because we talked about it. So my son was going to Wake Forest and then I was in the business and he kept telling me, Hey, I met this guy and you know, he's got this uh, blog, you know, he's a cigar guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Him and him and everybody else, you know? And he's like, Oh, okay. So he must've brought it up like three or four times. And I'm like, listen, there's a gazillion of these guys out there. I, you know, who the hell? Yeah. I probably go, Oh, what's his name? And they're like, ah, oh, his name is Charlie. I go, Charlie, what? He's like, he's like, <laughs> wait, 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 Charlie, uh, what? <laughs> he's got, he's got this thing. I think he said it was called half wheel. I go, Oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard of that one. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Uh, okay. I go, oh, I didn't even know. He, so it was funny, you know, that, uh, you know, he went to school with, uh, with my kid. That kind is funny. kind of funny. That is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be fun. The, the the rest of the year, a lot of good stuff coming up. So stay tuned. Uh, November third, like I said, the after dark, and then uh, the last after dark of the year. As I quickly look at my calendar here, will be December fifth, uh, Friday night, uh, at eight o'clock central, nine o'clock eastern. Is that right, Tim? Is that one? Yeah, eight. Yeah, we. Yeah, that it's after about dark, right? It's after dark. Yeah, I mean, we could do after dark about four. Well, now, but where we're from, after dark is anytime after six. Yeah, yeah. After supper, but we'll, we'll yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll hold out until eight. Yeah, we'll 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 hold out till eight. But yeah, so a lot of good stuff coming up. Stay tuned, guys. 
uh, reviews up on simplystogies.com every Friday. Uh, like I said, just did the uh, the uh, Selection de Fabrica by uh, Davidoff. Great cigar. I think I gave it a 9.1 spoiler, but you can go read it for yourself. Really good. Uh, the Connecticut Toro is the one that I did. They also have the uh, Maduro and the uh, Habano, but I really enjoyed the Connecticut. Uh, so I did that. Uh, I, we've got other reviews coming up uh, this next Friday. Uh, so just stay tuned. Simplystogies.com. That's the, the best place to keep up with everything. Sounds good. Uh, don't forget. I'll do it for you. Can I do it for you, James? Can I do it? Can I? Don't fuck it I? up. Don't fuck it up. Stay smoky, friends. That's fucking terrible. Let me let me let me do this. All right, yeah, do yeah. It. Thanks. Uh, until next time, stay smoky, friends. That was horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> Should I try? No. Do it. Do it. Just, do no, it. Do no, it. No. Do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> nope. 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 Hey, come on, you did the welcome to simply. Well, welcome to the simply. <laughs> it's my radio voice. <laughs> No, I will not say stay smoky. All right, I'm that terrible disappointment. Stay smoky, friends.